three, yeah, man. two, one, and we are golden. Um, welcome back, everybody, to the re-show. This is the quarantine special. <laughs> Everybody's in the house. Everybody's locked up. Everybody's locked away. Um, Twin couldn't make it with us today. He's, he's got to handle some business. Um, but O is here today. Yo, yo. I got my guy Eric in here today with me. Howdy. Sam is here as well. She's helping out. Um, oh, I want to introduce you guys to Sam. Sam is a new part of our team. She's helping out with uh, some important research stuff. She's helping out with um, also with some timestamps. Just some, you know, very, uh, I think she'll be taking over social media as well. Value part of our team. So thank you, Sam. Welcome to the family. Uh, this is episode 67 of The Reshow. Um, yeah, man, and everybody's stuck at the house with the Roni and everybody's quarantined off and, um, you know, it's just been a it's been a real somber time, man. It's been I don't know what that is, um, but yeah, it's just been like a real real somber time. Everybody's been in the house. Nobody's been able to um, do anything really. You know, yeah. You said I mean, I've been working from home, but you said you're, you're a bartender, so you can't really do too much of that. Oh man, they shut they close every bar down. Everything down? Yeah, unless you're doing delivery. Yeah. So I mean, a couple places have to go uh-huh. margaritas. Where? What places are these? What places uh, have to go margaritas? Because I'm I'm tapped in. <laughs> Hold on, I got you. <laughs> Let me know, um, sir. Actually, no, I don't need that because I don't need to be drinking. So hey, you're not drinking, right? <laughs> I am not drinking. I got this. I got these Coronas. Uh, just cause I figured the best way to beat the Corona was to have some Coronas, and so. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm not having a Corona. He I am 600 and. 70, 83 days sober. Is that how much it is for real? Yeah. Man, congratulations, <laughs> sir. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, man. I remember um, when you first said you was going sober, I was like, you know, I wanted to support your joint. But it's how is that being a sober bartender? It makes me want to drink less. Really? <laughs> okay. Have you ever watched drunk people sober? Yes. I did um, that last night. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Every day, over and over, people. I have a rule. When I go out, mm-hmm. If you tell me the same story twice, you cut people off. Oh, I just walk away. Oh, oh, I'm if out. you're out, if you're like out, yeah, if I'm out, if okay, I'm gotcha. yeah, 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 you might get some water. Okay, you'll probably get a water. A I've limit. been cut off for less, bro. Like, I've been cut off <laughs> at Joey's, which is wild to me because we used to like basically own Joey's, we was in Joey's all the time. Yeah, uh, me and my friend Akeem, we went uh, this time last year because we were watching March Madness last year, and um, we Rest get the piece of March Madness. I think we had <laughs> one, um, just one drink. Yeah, and then everybody around us was like ordering drinks, and they were getting their drinks before us and all that. And I was just like, "Yo, like, you know, where's our drink at?" And yeah. so the dude next to us, him and him and his fiance, they were like, "You know, how come these guys haven't gotten their drinks yet?" And like again, we weren't drunk or nothing like that. So the manager walked over. She's like, "Hey, you know, um, your bartender said you're cut off." I was like, "What the fuck? Fuck you mean I'm cut off? Like, oh, that's we only easy. had we had you're one black drink at Joey's." But see, which is like, again, but that's crazy because we I've been going to Joey since 2010. Yeah, you know money I mean? don't mean nothing compared to your color, fam. Uh, <laughs> obviously not. But that was my first time being discriminated against at Joey's. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like I said, if you know us through the years, bro. Like, you know, we used to always be at Joey's. So you feeling every Friday, hurt? Saturday night? Uh, nah, I wasn't. My feelings weren't hurt. I was just hella confused because, like I said, that never happened before, and yeah. we wasn't. We weren't drunk. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of weird. So then, um. We know some of the people that worked there. They gave us like free drink tickets, but we ended up leaving and a bunch of shit. It just it was just weird to me. You know what I mean? Was the bartender a male or a female? Female. female? White white chick. I could tell you exactly what happened. 
please, please tell me because I uh, I was a little confused about what was going on. All right, so number one, it's already hard for a black man to to become a bartender or be front of the house in the industry, right? Is it? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Right? Now it is super easy mm-hmm. for a white woman, especially if you're blonde, okay. to become front of the house, right? Mm-hmm. You'd actually don't have to have any skills. Okay. Now there could be a bunch of things that happened that day. You guys sat down. She broke up with her black boyfriend, took it out on you, right? Okay. Number two, she just wasn't cultured enough or from the city, but she was cute. <clears throat> and she saw you guys being loud, so she thought you guys were drunk and rowdy, not knowing that as black people, we are together, we have a good time, so we're going to get right. loud, right? Right. And she's probably just hating on you. Probably didn't think you were going to tip because – Okay. Being in the industry, people walk up, or being behind the bar like the servers and stuff, mm-hmm. they already racially profile you. I do it. Yeah. I racially profile everybody that comes into my bar. Right. All right. I don't treat them as such. But mentally, you know. <laughs> mentally, gotcha. I prepare myself for things, uh-huh. you know? Now, some people, they don't know how to go, oh, this group, because there could have been 10 dudes before you guys right. that came in there and had a $300 tab and tipped $10. Okay. You know, there's but all. Yeah. I can see, I can see <laughs> that. Yeah. Things that could have happened. My, my thing is, and I'm not taking away from anything you say because mm-hmm. obviously you know, right? I'm not in the industry, so I don't know like that. Um, but, you know, but typically, like when we go to Joey's and obviously we're surrounded by a bunch of white folks, mm-hmm. we're not the loudest people like, yeah. when we go in and sit down, you know? <laughs> Excuse me. Like I said, we've been going to Joey's for years. So mm-hmm. we know a lot of the waitresses and shit like that. We try to be as respectful as possible. Yeah. So we sat down, um, had one drink. We we're literally just watching the game and talking to like, the people who are like sitting next to us. As everybody else started getting their drinks, like I said, it took for somebody else to advocate for us, <laughs> you know, which is kind of unheard of. It was a white dude. You yeah. know what I mean? So he was just, he seemed kind of pissed off about the whole situation. So he got up and left too. Mm-hmm. He was just like, nah, like I think this is ridiculous. It's obviously racial profiling. <laughs> you know? let, me, let me tell you something, man. Mm-hmm. These restaurants ain't been the same since the NBA left and can't stop balling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for one, when the NBA, when the Sonics were still here, you know what I'm saying? Whether they recognize people or not, you know, black people got treated differently, especially downtown. Really? Like South Lake Union, all that. And then, you know, when the game was really out here popping because somebody who looked just like you might show up to Joey and it's a $1,000 tab, $1,500 tab, and it was nothing. Right. And so you see what I'm saying? Like the atmosphere changed. I, I could see, like back in the day, dog, the manager would be meeting people at the door mm-hmm. because that was that was your whole night. You see what I'm saying? The economics around black people in the city and the recognition of our economics has changed. And now it's like the tech bro is really the person who's pushing it forward. But you got to remember back when the Sonics was really here and it was really about that life and really brought people out when we was doing the Ciroc parties. Like I used to, me and Eric, we used to do tables 10 years ago at our Ciroc parties, bro. People was paying 2500 for a table. You see what I'm saying? That's- it looked just like you. Right. You see what I'm saying? But, like, man, there's almost nothing that we could do right now to just get some cash, you know, every day to to come up with 2500 to buy a table for one night at a nightclub. So because the economics have changed, the respect level, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I, at least I feel the respect level 100% has changed. If the Sonics were still, if the NBA was still here and black people were still integral in nightlife and, and the streets were still doing what it did, bro, people would have been kissing your ass. Mm-hmm. I am, um, because I, I wasn't old enough, for like to experience that wave, um, you know, it doesn't hit me the same, but really? uh, no, nah, I'm only 32 now. The Sonics have been gone since what? When did Sonics leave? 
2009, 2010? Was it nine or ten? It's been a minute. Oh, I yeah. know. Yeah. I Kevin mean, Durant got drafted that year because he got drafted to the Sonics. KD got drafted in what, 07, 08? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you this. The NBA, I'm not trying to get off your show. The NBA mm-hmm. is good for any black community mm-hmm. where there's an NBA team because they – of all the pro pro uh, sports, the NBA is the one. Like like Gary Payton when he was here, and you know what I'm saying. All those guys, they would come to Earl's and get their hair cut, bro. Mm-hmm. These guys don't come to the hood unless it's a photo op or something. These guys play for the Seahawks. A few that play for the Mariners, bro. They stay way out. The Sonics lived up on the turf, fam. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and because that was really how they got down on the everyday. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, when they left, it was just a different dynamic mm-hmm. because, you know what I'm saying, the pro the pro athletes, you know, they acknowledged us as a community. And right. it was part and parcel. And, like, you know, the clubs and everything, you know, they acted accordingly because they might not recognize. See, the thing is, of course, everybody would have recognized, you know, like a Gary Payton or a Sean Kemp, but they might not have recognized the manager. They might not have recognized the agent. They might not have right. recognized whatever. Who was all balling, by the way. Right. So their approach to black people was real different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then just to your point, like you said, you know, like you know, some of the agents might go uh, unrecognized, but we have we have prominent black agents that were here who represented Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Nate Robinson, um, LeBron James' first agents. You know, were from here. Uh, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I mean, you know, somebody's coming in with a with a complete of a completely different uh, economic background. You know, who got more money in a different tax bracket. Yeah, of course, you garner that respect. But it makes you just like like always say it makes you respect everybody because you don't know who the next person up is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, one of us, is just come and just drop four or five hundred bucks at the bar. You know what I mean? And be and then here's a tip and you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most people <clears throat> they don't really care how much you spend. Yeah, they care about how much you tip, right? Right. And in a server's head or a bartender, I go fifteen twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Right, twenty standard for Seattle industry because that's what Tom Douglas does for all his employees. Mm-hmm. You go in there by yourself. You're gonna get some pistachios. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get whatever food you get. And they're gonna add a twenty percent gratuity on top of that. Yeah, right? what is I don't I don't not understand what the whole service fee thing is because we went to we were talking about the last week we went to the Met. Yeah, um, there was like a thirty dollars service fee on top. I mean, we tipped still, but it mm-hmm. was just I didn't understand what that service fee was for. Now, when you uh, so the gratuity goes straight to the servers, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually a tip pool. So mm-hmm. a certain amount goes to the bartenders, a certain amount goes to the servers, yeah. a certain amount goes to the bussers, essays and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Other restaurants. Uh, you said the essays? Yeah, essays. So uh, essay <laughs> is a server assistant. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Said, Don't be here racially profiling. Man. We <laughs> no, no, not the essays. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my amigos. <laughs> I got you. Go ahead. But um, it's twenty percent. But uh, most of the time, mm-hmm. we're living off of that. Mm-hmm. So most bartenders and servers, we don't care about our actual paychecks, okay? Because our paychecks sometimes get taxed from the tips or whatever. And a lot of bars let you just take your money that night and go. Mm-hmm. Now we're living off of that money, and paychecks are usually like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars. Okay, so explain this to me real quick because I, I've always, I guess I've been misled about the service industry here. Yeah. I know that one of the biggest arguments about tipping or I guess just the culture of tipping, a lot of people don't really like it because they're raising the wages for a lot of servers, mm-hmm. a lot of bartenders, you know, here in the city of Seattle. Yeah. Um, 
but is it is it like it is in the rest of the country? Like where? No, we are actually got lower wages. No, no, we uh, we are not at fifteen dollars an hour. Okay, that is something that is generally people misconstrue all the time. We're actually at regular minimum wage. So what was so, it like seven something or? Uh, we're at thirteen fifty now. That's minimum right? wage right now. Yeah. Man, okay. Uh, let yeah. me just chime in. I got some partners <clears throat> that work down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, family work for the the city. They make like two bucks. <laughs> the city of Raleigh, and they were like, "Man, it's a good government job with the city, man, paying fifteen an hour." So you know, that's like with a municipality, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they yeah. paying fifteen an hour. Yeah, seeing the cost of living is different over there as well. Yeah, because I remember going to uh, Durham, and I remember like you know just asking them, you know, how much they were making and stuff like that, and like like O said, you know, like a good job is like fifteen to seventeen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a little different. But back to what you were saying. So, oh no, because I want to I want to hear about this. No, that's the big thing you bring up uh, <clears throat> the cost of living. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. our minimum wage. Yeah. Is still not enough for. So I'll even say this: a lot of servers and bartenders have super extracurricular lifestyles, man. Right. There's the drinking. There's drugs. Drugs. Yeah. You know, it's just the the life of the party. Of course. You get off. You work a party. You get off. You go party. Right. Right. Then you're hungover, so you start the day before you go to work. Mm-hmm. With uh, hair of the dog, yep. <laughs> so you take yeah, a yeah, shot, yeah. beer, or something, you. <laughs> you know. So they live expensive lifestyles, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's weird. So that's on the server if they can't yeah. get make money. But right, tipping actually helps most of us. We live off of the actual tips, mm-hmm. you know, because we also don't work as many hours as people think we do. So okay. Because a lot of servers, bartenders not working full 40, right? Not at all. There's okay. no possible way. Like, if you go to a nightclub uh-huh. and you have a bartender, like, let's say an Amber bartender. Okay. Amber's not even open, I don't think, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Okay. Got you. So, they have bartenders, mm-hmm. right? But the bartender will probably work Thursday, Friday, Saturday because they're not open Sunday either. Okay. And they're probably only working four to seven-hour shifts. Oh, so there's no way you're touching 40. There's no possible like, no, okay. way. Got yeah. you. And see, in my my only experience ever working like in the food industry, I worked um, for um, Rainforest Cafe. Mm-hmm. I worked for Rainforest Cafe straight out of high school. South Center. Yeah, That's South cracking. Center. Yep. I still have it. There. Oh yeah, it was popping. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Shout out to my cousin Hannah, man. She got me that job. Um, but we were working full forty there, but I was yeah. just a host, so you know I wasn't getting tips and and stuff like that. Um, but I remember they were making. Whatever the money is that we we're making at the mm-hmm. time, I mean, they weren't making just a bare minimum wage. Yeah, the service weren't at least. And um, one of my really good friends, my old roommate uh, Trent, he was working at the uh, the Salmon House. Yeah, and he said like when they made the change to fifteen dollars an hour, people started tipping less. Mm-hmm. But he was saying like they were making fifteen an hour, and he was uh, he used to work sixty hours. Well, he used to work crazy, you know, yeah. amount. But he was saying everybody else, you know, obviously wasn't you know making that same amount of money as him and. Everybody across the board is making less tips because people started disagreeing with the fact that you're going to raise the wages and you're paying tips. And I think because mm-hmm. the argument always is people are making or living off their tips. Well, yeah. Well, see, Ivers also <clears throat> was one of the first people to go to that 20% out of gratuity. Oh, okay. So that's every bill. It's every bill. Really? Every bill. You can go buy yourself, uh-huh. order a drink, and they're going to well, add the 20%. I, I think, Reese, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I missed it or maybe you missed it. When they put that on there, uh-huh. your tip is included. Yeah, you don't and, have and to. And so, so, so mm. what it is is like 
they've added that service fee on there and your tip's supposed to be included. And the reason why they made it 20% is usually at good places as well, they're covering something. They're covering mm -hmm. maybe maybe they're giving people health care. Maybe there's some kind of benefit. Maybe it's right. just they're trying to, like, you know, equitably split tips or whatever. So even if you go to, like, to El Gaucho, El Gaucho will put, like, 20% on there. Yeah. It might even be 30%. But and, and they'll give you an opportunity to additionally tip, so further tip, yeah. which I you know usually decline because I've already <laughs> given like twenty or thirty yeah. percent. But that's what that's there for. The intention isn't that they charged you twenty percent and you tip on top of it. Your tip is included in that. Oh, yeah. You know, if they have the automatic, you're right. If they have the automatic gratuity mm -hmm. on your check, you don't have to tip. A see, lot of large parties do that. Well, see, and I understand if it's a large party. Yeah, I, I do get if it's a large party, right? Because you, you're mm -hmm. working hard. You're bringing place to everybody. Most times it's you and just maybe an assistant or whatever. Yeah. But we went to the Met. It was only three of us. And it was just like, fam. I mean, you know, the <laughs> yeah. Met, it's going to be a little pricier, right? Like, like mm -hmm. I said, we spent like 250 or something like that, you know, that night. But yeah. a lot of that was that gratuity that was built in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't know. it's true. I don't, yeah. And <clears> I mean, it's, it's a weird situation because I personally don't like auto grab. I feel like yeah. I have enough skills. Right, right, right. You know, unless I can see, because like I say, I profile people. Of course. I can see it walking like a group of 16-year-olds, like oh, 10 okay, of them okay. coming yeah, in the door. Different. Yeah, I know that they're not going to give me any money, so yes, I don't grab, right? Right. But if I get a grown person Which like makes sense. That <laughs> right? makes sense, though, yeah. I like to rely on my service mm -hmm. to see if I give, oh, you've been to one of my restaurants. Do I give good service? Yeah, no, I mean, the service is good, but, like, as a business owner, I can see how a business owner has made a commitment. They're going to commit to your health care. They're going to commit to a benefit. They're going to commit to whatever. <coughs> so because they've made that commitment, they have to have a way to be able to assure the revenue, and that's where. Oh, okay, to that's be able to pay for in. those things. Yeah, I'm like, man, okay. we're going to give everybody health care. Mm -hmm. So, but in order to do that, man, you got to tax everybody to 20% because, you know, you have to assure the revenue that's coming into the business. One of my things was when we would go out to, and we're going to jump off of this in a second. Yeah. But, uh, one of my things always, because I'm not really sure like what great tipping looks like, mm -hmm. um, just because we go places and we'll get shitty service. And then, but it's implied that you tip, but it's like, I just got the shittiest service ever. My food was cold. You weren't really attentive. You know what I mean? And so what I would do always is like, I would just hand my, um, I would just always hand over my, um, the thing to my girl. Yeah. Baby, here, you be responsible, you know what I'm saying? Because she wants to tip and she's worked like in the industry and shit. I'm just like, here, you do that. Like, we yeah. got enough to tip and all that type of stuff. I'm not really sure what a good tip looks like in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so as to not be cheap and to not even have to argue on the way home, <laughs> you just sign that. You know what I'm Keep saying? Keep it at 15, 20%, right? I just tell her whatever she felt, you know what I mean? Cause like <laughs> I said, because she had worked in that industry. Yeah. And so, you know, she lived off of her tips and all that type of stuff. So I was like, look, I don't even argue with you. Like mm -hmm. I said, we got it to cover. It's not a problem. <laughs> Take care of that. You know what I'm saying? Do that. You know um, what's funny? As a bartender, I just think you can't do math when you do that. Really? Every time. Every time. What do you mean somebody, like somebody else? And so if you're like, I got this, and you're like, do that. Oh, no. That, that's my, that, was, that was always my thing. Like, it wasn't because I couldn't afford it, and I, you know, I don't know the math and nothing like that. It's just like some people just do a basic job. You mm -hmm. saying? And it's like, am I supposed to tip you because you did, like, the – Bare minimum, like aren't you getting the hourly wage because of that? No, there's trash service. I, I think are, yeah. I think what servers and restaurants don't take into consideration though is like, man, you might just really got enough bread to, to support the business. Right. You know what I'm saying? You might really something costs like twenty five bucks and that's really what you got. But like, man, 
that's all you had to support the business. And then it, people trying to make you feel like shit because you can't tip. I mean, like sometimes it'd be hard out there. Like somebody could have really went to McDonald's or something and fulfilled the same need. They was right, hungry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the expectation that you were always supposed to tip this and that, we need to also keep in consideration some people ain't got it like that. And people should kind of be cool that someone did patronize the business because they right. could have went and got something a two for two and kept it pushing. Well, no, that's yeah, true. It's, right. a, it's a give and take, right? Right. I know that every customer that walks through my door or sits at my bar mm-hmm. isn't going to be able to tip because I've been there, right? Right. But the problem is you can't treat everybody like they're not going to tip. Right. That's the problem. Right, 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 right. You can't treat everybody like they're not going to tip. You got to treat everybody like they're going to tip you a million bucks. And if they don't, you still treat them well because they come back every day Mm -hmm. and give you a dollar, two dollars, right? But they're there every day you work. That shit adds up, yeah. Over the year, they're giving you a lot of money. And you know what? And to to move it away from the restaurant industry, like when I was working retail and I was at AT AT&T, you never know who got money and who don't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you never know. So you got to treat everybody with respect. I remember working, um, when I was working at Nordstrom, uh, this dude came in. He had on, like, these uh, these super busted sandals. Like, uh, what, what are the sandals called? The Birkenstocks. The Birkenstocks. He had some yeah. super busted Birks, right? He had, like, this straw hat on, but the hat was, like, super ran down. He had, like, this uh, this Hawaiian shirt and, like, these really, really frayed um, shorts, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> it was, like, seven or eight. It was, like, eight or nine in the morning. It was, like, when uh, Nordstrom was doing their anniversary, so... You know, we're there early in the morning. He just walked in. Nobody said nothing to him. So, you yeah. know, I approach him. I'm like, he's a person still. Mm-hmm. Saying, what's up, my man? How are you doing this morning? You know, can I help you with something? Whatever, whatever. Dude ended up buying like $3,000 worth of shoes. <laughs> yep. We get to talking. It turns out he was the uh, the owner of Lucky Dragon Tattoo. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? He was telling me, he was like, you know, he's like, I'm retired. He was like, I'm retired. I don't work. Oh. He's like, I just own the spot and the other, other tattoo spot. He was like, you know, I just dress like a beach bum because I live on Alki. Yeah. And everybody was looking at me like, you just made this $3,000 sale to this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, who was he? And I'm like, that was the owner of Lucky Dragon. Yeah. You know? Like, you got to treat everybody the same. You know what I'm saying? Treat everybody with respect. So you never know. You never know. You never know who got money and who don't. You I, know mean, what I mean, that should also be a factor in life, right? You shouldn't. Yeah. But we know that being yeah. being black. You know what I'm saying? We get treated <laughs> however we get treated wherever we go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We could be fresh off of whatever job and saying coming in. Like some of my some of my boys that do construction, they'll come in, you know, with the boots on, you know, looking all dingy and all that, just because they're fresh off a job site. Yeah, but they got money to spend. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I know we spent a while on that, but I do. I, I did want to touch on that a little bit because I think a lot <laughs> of us really aren't sure. You're know, saying about the whole tipping thing, and yeah, especially like you said, the you know the automatic gratuity and all that. Yeah. Um. Well, here, let me just <clears throat> close that out then. Go ahead. When you see Autograt yeah. on your ticket, mm-hmm. you do not have to tip. There's okay. already 20% going to the server. Okay. Now, if they were like, awesome, you could. some places don't even have a line for you to tip. You could write your tip in mm-hmm. and say, I want to add an extra $10 to this or an extra whatever to this because they were awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. Industry standard in Seattle for tips is 15 to 20%. Got you. You know, simple stuff, right? Yeah. Um, if somebody gives trash service, mm-hmm. goes go low, right? But also let them know. Okay. You know, it's like, hey, you did this. Most people, they might get, ah, sometimes some people are like, my bad, because a lot of people don't see the actual things that are going on. They could be the only person on the floor. Understandable. You know? Yeah. But industry standard, 15 <clears throat> to 20%. You don't need to go above that. 
Gotcha. All right. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, we did that day, like at the Met last week. Like I said, you know, because they already had the thirty, and I was like, "Was it service fee for?" Because they didn't, they didn't specifically say, you know, automatic gratuity. I yeah. understand that terminology. They just said service fee. Hmm. So there was like another twenty dollar tip. Something like that's fifty bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Um, I did want to get into what people are doing to keep themselves entertained during this whole, uh, you know, quarantine. Um, I know that there's been several celebrities that have gone on live, Instagram, um, Facebook, and who have been like just, you know, doing their jobs as entertainers. Yeah. Uh, there's a dude, D Nice. He's a DJ. You ever heard yeah. of DJ D Nice? You heard oh, yeah. of DJ He D-Nice? was rocking. Oh. He was an artist before it's a DJ. My oh, name is D Nice. Okay. He, yeah. um, did you guys see his Instagram live? No, I heard it was fire. He though. had yeah, shit no, popping. was going. Yeah, you, you tuned into it too? Yeah, I, t- I tuned into it. Yeah, at the time, I tuned in, it had like 77,000. Today, he jumped back on. He had, uh, I think he got it to 140,000. Like, it was popping. Like, it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was lit. Um, I donated to his, um, to his, uh, uh, cash app. Just because I was like, you know, my man's out here doing a job, he's doing a service. He don't have to do that. You know what I mean? And to reach that many people, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of feel like everybody should be um, honest in some type of way, you know what I'm saying, for their craft. I know Charles Hamilton uh, went to that. Or, I'm sorry, Anthony Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Not Charles Hamilton, not the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> you remember, Doug? Remember the Sonic the Hedgehog? I remember him going to battle Sirius Jones in yeah. the barbershop and he destroyed him. That was in like 08, 09, something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he man. just destroyed the poor guy. Shout out to Charles Hamilton, man. But uh, Anthony Hamilton <laughs> went live. Um, he did a performance today. I know Sway Lee, um, mm-hmm. you know, from um, Ray Swimmer. He went live and was doing a bunch of stuff. A couple other DJs, a couple of local DJs as well. Top Spin, shout out Top Spin. Top Spin, yep, he did his. He did it here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit of that. Um, I know DJ Vega. I know Rock Right. Uh, excuse me, they were doing their thing. Um, I haven't seen too many other local artists. Oh, Gifted Gab and Blinds, mm-hmm. they did like a live stream. Yeah, for the like album a, release. Uh, was it the album release? I think it was the album release. Okay, their other album came out. Yeah, I think that's what they were doing. Was that the album? Doug, if Gab and Gab and Blinds put out their album, Doug, and I and I missed it, I'm upset. Well, let's see. Let's check my I'm about fellow to check title right now. user. I'm checking, I'm checking on the uh, yeah on the title right now. <laughs> Gab and Blinds. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people, you know, just been out just trying to basically entertain folks, and I think that's one of the dopest things. They said, you know, like in times of great depressions, you know, and um, you know, uh, mass hysteria. One of the biggest things we're gonna need is entertainment. Yeah. So I um I acknowledge anybody. That's why I'm still, you know, I still want to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is something for people to have, just like when they're chilling in the house and can't really do anything, you know, like what they say, we're going into lockdown tomorrow. We are that's going- what I keep hearing. <clears throat> well, do you know about that though? Yeah, well, I mean, so the thing is is this, man, and I was talking to my mom earlier and I was like, I think that the best thing that we can do is people who talk to the public is frame things properly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everybody's, oh, it's martial law, it's this and that and everything else. Well, people need to understand that within our own lifetime, even a young guy here like Reese, mm-hmm. you've seen this before. You've, you've seen this in natural disasters. Southern California last year right. was under martial law with the fires. People couldn't return to their homes, remember? Right. The police blocked the roads over there. Mm-hmm. They, the constricted, the, uh, they stopped movement. There was a curfew. 
It's a natural disaster. Ferguson was under that martial law. Martial they was, law, they yeah. was beating the shit out of the National Guard. They wasn't hearing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, Katrina, a lot of times this has happened before. It's in a natural disaster. So when, when someone is saying that like they're activating the National Guard, it's this and that, we've seen this in our own lifetime. You see what I'm saying? This isn't some so the conversation should really the conversation should really be what can we expect as opposed to the shock of oh man they putting an army on the street because right. we we we've witnessed this ourselves. Anytime there's a natural disaster anywhere in America, then you know what I'm saying. The National Guard is mobilized because they have the expertise, especially with the Army Corps engineers. When you need to build something, a hospital, a bridge, if if mm-hmm. a bridge got washed out, you got to activate the National Guard. A construction company takes forever. National Guard knows how to build a bridge over a river like in one day. National Guard right. knows how to create a hospital. And anytime there's a you know civil dis- disturbance. Whether the right side or the wrong side of the issue, I mean, I point to Ferguson and a few other things. The National Guard's been mobilized. So we need to take a step back from being like, man, it was written back, you know, 200 years ago. It was this and that. The the, the Army's going to be on the street. The Army's Mm -hmm. been on the street plenty of times here. And, you know, I mean, the one thing that that I will say, and I won't talk too long on this, if we go back through history... Mm-hmm. The same army was on the street in Little Rock, Arkansas, and locked out, walked that little black girl into the school because Ruby the Bridges, white right? the, the white people didn't want to let him in school. But the governor of Arkansas had to mobilize the National Guard to move all them racist ass white people out the way mm-hmm. for her to attend school. The same thing in Alabama with Governor Bull Connor when he blocked the door there, the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. He said segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Then the National Guard, uh, the the general there pushed his ass to the side and they started school so there's a long history mm-hmm. if if you look at it, of the national guard intervening so this is what i'm saying is like man take a step back mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying get off the, the all the facebook you know theories and all this stuff and if you feel that way feel that way but have it be based upon something and and let your argument be like well man the last 20 times that the national guard was deployed this is what they did. There was X, Y, and Z. That's a credible argument. But, like, man, if you're just reading some kind of memes and everything else, you're not helping anything for anybody. You might have a credible argument. Man, every time National Guard gets deployed, it's X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Right. But if the extent of your argument is, is man, they've been had National Guard on the street, you're not arguing. Man, just shut up. Right. Save that air. You might be pushing corona out through your lungs. So, basically, <laughs> you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. So basically, you're saying people should read the articles on their Facebook before they post them, right? Of course. Well, <laughs> the responsible fucking I, ideally, people, ideally, people so would I have a fundamental people. understanding of history and also, also yeah. a fundamental understanding of a civics and everything else in our country. That That would be great if people could just... You know, but I mean, man, clearly it's a lot of people that failed Washington State history in the ninth grade. So let it, let alone, you know what I'm saying? They don't well, understand I will say, civics. I will say mm. that a lot, I mean, a lot of that education is not pushed anymore in schools. Like I remember being in school and we never really man, learned about what, what, what Washington State history is still tied. Mm. It's the green book, bro. And you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people's kids who failed that shit. My mama didn't let us fail. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, so, you know, I mean, it's true. You can say a lot of stuff ain't pushed, but I'm going to keep it real. It's a lot of parents that are failing their fucking kids right now, and they got their dumbass kids who learn all their shit off of memes off of, I like your show because I can really get loose. I welcome it. It's a lot of parents out there probably listen to your show. You're a fucking failure because your kids don't <laughs> understand 
civics. Your kids, your kids don't even know how many fucking amendments are in the Constitution. Your kids don't even, they can't even tell you. Ask people, man, when did Washington become a state? They can't even fucking tell you. They can't tell you how many counties are in our state. You know what I'm saying? They can't mm -hmm. even tell you how many fucking districts are in our city council or how many districts are in our King County Council. So it's like these are the same people that are just reposting some shit. Right. So, I mean, it would be great. For, for 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 informed people to get on some shit, or if you're not informed, it's okay to be that. Like, man, I don't know a lot about this. What's they talking about about X, Y, and Z? Or start a conversation. But when you just pushing propaganda and fake news, man, you part of the fucking problem. So let's stay on that real quick because I know that a lot of the schools are out right now, and so with schools being out, you know, and a lot of people actually having to, you know, be a part of your kid's life now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we which should, is rare. We apparently, take the opportunity to uh, to. Not only educate ourselves, but educate our children as well, because this is a very pivotal moment in history, not just for, you know, like I was saying, not just Washington State, but national, international. You know, we're living through history right now, mm -hmm. um, you know, so take the opportunity to brush up on a couple of things that you may not have known. You know, my dad is a really big history buff. You know, every question that you just posed, oh, as far as like, you know, like how many counties we have and things like that. My dad is a whiz on that, you know, and he made sure to uh, educate us on that. Uh, my Uncle Gary as well. You know, like he understands. um civics like to a degree that i'm not sure many people do um and you know and so like i said take the opportunity now you know if you don't know there's nothing wrong with not knowing mm -hmm. you know we use the word ignorant like it's a curse word but at the same time it just means lack of knowledge um so you know if there's something that you don't know something that you're just uneducated on things of that nature take the opportunity to educate yourself you yeah. know there's there's no shame in being able to do that especially now that we have the time mm -hmm. um it, it's Everybody doesn't have the type of job that I have where we can still work from home. I am blessed that I can still collect a paycheck and still work. Uh, but some people, you know, are just out of work. Yeah. You know, and for those people who are out of work, again, you take the opportunity to educate yourself on these things so you don't get caught up in the mass hysteria. So you don't get caught up in the, uh, you know, what's being propagated and just thrown at you. You know, to, again, take an opportunity to teach yourself something, you know, ask a question or two. Start a start a dialogue, start a I forum. I mean, it's especially now. So let me tell you. So before people could be like, man, you know what, the hustle and bustle, all this kind of stuff, and you know, it might be reasonable. Man, you ain't got nothing but time. Take an, you know, take an opportunity to learn. And you know, I mean, the funny thing is that a lot of parents are finding out that the teacher wasn't lying. Your fucking kid is bad, has no <laughs> discipline, don't know how to listen. Ask the fuck up because now that, that that same kid's there at your house and you're bouncing off the wall and you don't know how to act. And now you got a teacher who's dealing with 30 badass kids just like <laughs> yours and you can't even deal with one. So it's a lot of people finding out that the teacher was telling the truth. They want to go and beat up the teacher. Oh, you know, you telling me my kid did this and that. Nigga, your kid is fucking bad. Once you, once you take this opportunity and instill some discipline, the other thing is, is that, man, I'm glad, man, you know, my mama, man, I, I got so much respect for her because she didn't expect Seattle Public Schools to educate her children. Mm -hmm. She expected Seattle Public Schools to supplement her educational program that she already had going. Right. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of people, man, they just on automatic. They're expecting Seattle Public Schools, which has been a failing-ass public school system for a long time, to, like, turn out Harvard scholars. Man, you got to get involved in your kid's life. I sit in here all the time interviewing people from the school board and school mm -hmm. and everything else. The number one issue with our school district is lack of parent participation. Because, believe me, if the parents was up there in the school, if they was checking up on everything else, our district would be different. It would be like a lot of other districts.
districts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I granted sometimes our parents can't be in the school, but man, send big mama, send an auntie, man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? There, there can be somebody send, that's send there. the uncle that just got out the pen and have his ass sit in the classroom and scare the shit out your kids hey. and make sure they read and listen. <clears> but <throat> like, man, people are ignoring you know the the job of parenthood, man, and they're they're making Seattle schools the babysitter, and now the babysitter's off duty and they losing their mind. Yeah, um, it's. I do want to take the opportunity to thank all of the educators that we have, especially those who are, I don't want to say my age and, and younger. Um, it kind of seems like we've taken up the mantle, and it's become more of a passion for a lot of people than, you know, what what people kind of let on. I know that us growing up, you know, we had teachers who were legacy teachers. We had teachers who were in the position for, you know, 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years, um, and that's just not the case anymore. You know, a lot of people have been shuffled around. The teachers and the educators and, you know, just whatever assistance people working within the school district aren't really earning uh, a living wage. You True. Know? And we're seeing it now more than ever that, you know, the educators, uh, teachers, whoever, you know, is working within the school districts, they're really valued. You know what I mean? Or they should, they should be valued more. Um, they're just – that value is not being reflected in the money that they're earning, uh, which is extremely unfortunate. You know, a lot of people are just using school as daycare. You know, they're yeah. sending their kid off to school. They don't care if they learn anything or not. You know what I mean? They really don't care if they pass. They don't care if they fail. You know, whatever. So um, and I've, I've seen some really, really dedicated teachers uh, just from our age group, you know, our peer group, and, and I do want to commend them. Also, I know, you know, for a long time, uh, one of the running jokes here was cracking jokes on, like, registered nurses and, and yeah. shit like that. And I think now is the time that we're seeing that they're a lot more valuable than we ever gave them credit for, you know. So I do want to um, say thank you to just anybody who's working within the medical the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, with my job, I work with hospitals. A lot of my customer base is down in Florida, down in Georgia. Um, we're seeing a lot of – I'm making my calls daily, finding out that less and less people are coming into these hospitals mm-hmm. because of people are being quarantined and things like that. Um, so, you know, I mean, people, these jobs are valuable, you know, and even though, um, you know, we've made some jokes about, you know, different uh, industries and things like that, you know, we can't take these things lightly. You know, these people are needed. These people mm-hmm. are important. These people are valuable. Um, so we have to give them the proper respect that they deserve. Yeah. I mean, every job is like that. <clears throat> I mean, I'd, just on the teachers, man, I think that teachers, the few teachers that did impact my life mm-hmm. impacted my life a hundred percent right you know like uh shout out to mr wady irvin we just had goodie bag in here right mm-hmm. mr wady irvin taught all them guys out there <laughs> what school uh meanie oh i know meanie meanie middle yeah, school yeah we, and, and that, it's a whole different story but like um bz 2000 uh bz two slaps man the the origins of hip-hop in Seattle directly go back to Meany Middle School because when the music was emerging, there was nobody who had the equipment here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And these guys, it was a group called the Schoolboys back then, and it was Mr. Irvin, who was a music teacher at Meany, who had like some of the equipment, the very first records that mm-hmm. came out locally produced in Seattle, in the Central District. Man, they were they were produced there at Mr. Wadey Irvin's house. Teacher That's at right. Meany Middle School. That's real his, history. His whole career, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, teachers like that super impacted my life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and as what O was saying, they impacted a whole whole generations mm-hmm. <laughs> of people. BZ's, how old are you, O? Old enough. <laughs> <laughs> old enough. <laughs> you know, but yeah. 
teachers, everybody that works a job should be respected as such. From mm. the person that sits up in the office making decisions to the person that's down in the sewer, yeah, killing the rats. So it's just, um, I toilet. mean, for so long we were never we were never really taught that respect for a profession. You know, I mean, we were taught to respect them as people you know and saying mm-hmm. as our elders, you know, like somebody like a, a, a Miss Jones, you know, watched the middle school, mm-hmm. you know, God rest her soul, um, you know, but like we respected her, but we didn't really respect her position and like what she meant to us until we got older. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that, you know, that time is now, you know, mm-hmm. you give people their flowers, you know, while they can while still smell them. And I think that um, for me personally, because my mom's in education and two of my sisters are, you know, in education, um, I think that. You know, we, we we do a better job at bringing that respect. Mm-hmm. You know, we pay a little more attention to the things that we're learning from them. You know, because there's going to come a time where, we, where we're not and we can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we look at situations like this. You know, like I said, we're now the onus is on us as parents because I have an 11-year-old. You know, uh, we're at the house like when I'm <coughs> – Excuse me. Corona. But when I'm not <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm coughing a lot less than I was last week. Thank it's you very getting much. real. Um, but you know, like I was taking the time, you know, to talk to my daughter and like go yeah. through her homework because she's still, you know, Rainier Scholars are still sending out homework packets, you know, and like giving them homework. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just take the time and opportunity. You know, what I mean, to just be more ingrained. You know, be more of an active participant in your kid's life. Yeah. You know what? On that thought. I think this is a good time to be like, hey, even the parents, because you're getting homework packets, right? Yep. It's sad but true. There's a lot of these parents that don't understand these homework packets. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. New math is a bitch. I don't know if you've done new math. I have not done new math. (laughs) New math is a bitch. I'm trying to tell you, man. It's the word. Oh, have you done? Did did your daughter come up in the area where they were doing new math? Let me tell you something. I want to hear no fucking excuses. A generation ago, the parents was illiterate, and they turned out a whole generation of people, black people, that wanted to change the world. So if you got a fucking problem with some math, do math or whatever, man, suck that shit up and find some help. <clears throat> we came out of illiteracy, out of slavery, and people, man, they found a way. So this shit right now, it just turns out how fucking soft we are. And see, that was going to be my end point for the- So O has a good new math, obviously, because he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing it. Nah, but it's, um, it's, nah, it's- it's a little. It's the one of the most difficult things to do was unlearn something to relearn, something. You know what I'm saying? Learn something a different way. Uh, I know when my daughter when she first showed me what this new math was, I was determined to understand it. But mm-hmm. I was like, we could just do it this way. Like I don't understand why they changed things around. They say it's easier. So they changed the formula. They changed not necessarily the form. Well, yeah, I guess you could say they changed the formula on how to do certain things. Like you know, just even basic you know arithmetic and. Uh, like multiplication, division, subtraction, like the way that they, they do it. I mean, you still get the same answers, but mm-hmm. it just seems like a more roundabout process. Yeah. But I say that coming from having learned it a different way before. Yeah. Because now, like in my mind, for the past 32 years, I've done it one way. You know what I mean? So yeah, now, You know what would be crazy, though, <clears throat> is that in other cultures in our society, you got people who are teaching their kids two, three, and different, two or three different languages. Mm-hmm. All brand new. All this language is different than that language right. and everything else, but it's an expectation. Mm-hmm. So, multilingual. So, it's like, man, it's all right to have a new math and an old math. Learn mm-hmm. both. Like, yeah. what's up with that? And that's what I was telling my daughter. I was telling her, it was like, you know, this is the way that I understand it and how to do it. If this is what they're teaching you, then that's what they're teaching you. Mm-hmm. Continue to do it that way. Obviously, you don't want to go to school and get the wrong answers. You know what I mean? But I can show you this way also. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, 
Yeah, man, it's it's interesting being a parent to an eleven year old. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness, it's 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 wild. Because um, then you got to deal with the mood swings and all the. Yeah, and see, my original point on that actually was, if you don't know the math, go ahead. It's a great opportunity for you to go learn. Go of course, learn. yeah. You yeah. know, we got nothing but time on our hands right now. Right. We got those with kids. I actually don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't do it. I, got I will, but one day. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Um, but we could take this time to learn. Being a bartender and having nothing to do, there's not mm-hmm. a restaurant open in the city. Right. I've just been picking up books and yeah. messing around with my camera and stuff, right? So right. for the people out there quarantining with their kids, right, just because they're your kids doesn't mean you can't learn with your kids. Right. You know, I remember having to go to Douglas Truth Library mm-hmm. with my Aunt Vivian, rest in peace, Uh she used to sit there. She didn't know something when she was tutoring us. Mm-hmm. She would sit there and figure it out. Right. And then I figure it out with us so we could learn together. Right. And that way she learned it. We learned it. And see, we got to take the opportunity to do that because like so many people now, though, I'm seeing like, and I'm, oh, I'm sure you've seen it as well on social media. Um, people are just seem like they're just irritated with their kids being in the house. And oh, you know, yeah. just touch on it. It's like, you know, your kids are bad. Your kids are bad because you're not taking the time and opportunity you know, to discipline them in the house and you're not their primary source of education, mm-hmm. you know, or manners or whatever before you send them out into the world. You send them out into the world, they're just bad as shit and they come back bad as shit because they're spending just a limited time here. They're yeah. spending the majority of the time in the world doing whatever it is that you taught them or implanted in them or ingrained in them in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, take, you know, this is a great opportunity for parents to spend time with their kids. I, I do want to say, just because we're, we're kind of running low on time now, um, like I said, a lot of a lot of great stuff has come from um a lot of really great things have come. Like you said, we talked about entertainment. Mm-hmm. I know the twins just put out their uh first episode of their podcast, Fire. The Factors. Um great, great start um to what's gonna be an amazing show for those guys. So shout out to them. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious, man. Those guys have great personalities. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see what they continue to come up with. Um, who else, man? Gambino put out that album. a project. Yeah, he put out an album. Um, dropped. What is it called? Uh, the album's some date, like 4 or 12. <clears throat> oh, 3 15, 20. Yeah, 3 15, 20. Yeah. Um, the J Electronica album is still rocking a written testimony. What do you think about it? The J Electronica? Uh, the bars are on point. They're just not really good songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a Jay-Z mixtape. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the really, really, really good lyrics. Um, I mean, obviously, Jay Electronic and his Jay Z. You're saying, yeah, it's gonna be tight. But um, people were comparing it to Watch the Throne, mm. and it's nowhere near that same level of mastery. There's no Kanye energy on it. I think maybe one song. Um, well, I just think just because the songs aren't structured, that I mean, Kanye is a mm-hmm. musical genius, but he's gonna structure some things and make it yeah. on top of having production from RZA, on top yeah. of having production from. You know, everybody in the world. I mean, they Rick had Ruben, Timberland, all them guys. Everybody yeah. contributed to this. You know, The Throne is an amazing album. You're saying? So, like I said, you know, the, the songs just don't stand up, but it's still a, a masterpiece in lyricism. Mm-hmm. It's tight. So, uh, Uzi put out two albums yep. in the past two weeks, um, which is time the first week you think he sold 350. On a whole separate album, he sold like another 250. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to even <laughs> think about doing in this, you know, in this day and age, yeah. the way that, you know, music is distributed. Um, I discovered this this young lady, man. She's um, her name is Bree Babineau. She's a gospel singer. She sings a song called "Build My Life." Hmm. Um, super dope, man. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of gospel, uh, you know, over this past week. There's a dope gospel over. playlist. 
I'm title actually. I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll make sure I do that. Um John Legend just put out a new joint called Actions. I didn't um, like the sample. Um, Cam the Mac just put out a um a, a new single. Mm-hmm. Um, who else, man? I think Mafi D put out some new music um, put out a flame over, right. over the past couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, we've got some stuff to be entertained by. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel said that they were toying with the idea of just dropping, you know, all their movies on streaming now. Mm-hmm. I, did, I think I just got word that the AMC theaters are going to shut down for the next three weeks. Yeah. No, three months. That or something sense. like that. It's three yeah. months, right? Yeah. So everything, I mean, you know, we got some shit to be entertained by. Yeah. You know, uh, this this whole virus is like changing industries. Yeah. Like, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, to see that AMC is not going to be open for three months. There's no restaurants that are open. I think uh, May Miller, right? Mm-hmm. Def Chef, he's still open, right? He still got shit popping? Man, does he have it popping? So, like, what's going on up there? Def Chef, Soulful Dishes, at 18th and Yesler. The restaurant is, is still open, but, man, he's also... They they running the operation, feed the people out of there, man. <clears throat> so like Dev Chef, Chef Tariq, Chef Ariella, Sam Drain, a few other people, man. They're organizing breakfast every day from ten to one for people who need who need like you know what I'm saying like breakfast because there's hella lunch programs mm-hmm. and then dinner you know what I'm saying from from five to nine and man it's a big thing we're pushing it over here you know what I'm saying from our side the whole community. And, I mean, his big thing is, too, as well, it's like they ain't want to exclude nothing because you hear, like, women and children. He was like, man, it's a lot of men that are out of work and they're in a position they can't feed their family. So he was like, man, you know what I'm saying? Come through here. Pick up some meals for your family. You know what I'm saying? So okay. Dev Chef is there. May Miller's there. Definitely support him. Hashtag feed the people. Hashtag feed the people. Uh, that's 18th and Yesler. Please go support as much as you can. Uh, if there's something that you guys need to pick up, you know, what I'm saying like you know, make your needs known. Um, that's what we need to be doing. Uh, just like in this in this time, you know, let your needs be known because there are you know support groups on Facebook. There's the um, what is it buy what is it buy nothing give mm-hmm. something groups. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's one for Renner Beach. There's one for Skyway. There's you know there's stuff out there. There's people who have things and and resources who are willing to give them away for, to those in need. Um, you know, so we just need to make sure that we're continuing to support each other as a community, as a whole, you know, uh, and make this state to state, man. You know, uh, if you know someone is in need of something, you know, like, let's get some type of funds going. If you have a GoFundMe, you know, because you have kids and you can't support, you know, what I mean, a lot of people, like you said, work in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. They can't work right now. You yeah. know, a lot of people have been laid off. I know that even people who work at like um, my cousin, she works at, uh, at Champs, I think, out, mm-hmm. out in Tacoma. They can't work right now. Champs, yeah. uh, Foot Locker, like, you know, just think about these industries that are being impacted and people's, you know, daily lives being impacted. You know, people are going to need shit. So we can, as a community, you know, help each other out just on an individual basis. Let's make sure that we do that. You know, let's lift each other up. Yeah. I know that the government said that they're going to, you know, try to supplement by sending out checks, but that's not enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, $1,000. $1,000 is, is cool, but good. The build, the building get approved for no, $10? no. So, so no, nah, it's it, it's it's in gridlock. They got to vote tomorrow, nine forty-five in the morning. Okay. Um, because what what happened was the Democrats were like, man, this is this too too weighted towards corporate America, and so what McConnell has done is he's put the vote right after when the stock market opens. But there's five uh, Republican senators that have the coronavirus, and in the Senate you have to be present to vote. 
So that means that now the Senate majority is only 48-47, and no matter what, you need 60 votes to pass the legislation. So, you know what I'm saying? It'll be interesting what happens tomorrow. I doubt that this legislation is going to move. I doubt that there's that many, um, you know, Democrats that, I mean, these are core constituents. And so, like, the Republicans have have, have heavy, have made the, the package top-heavy towards corporate America. And, of course, the, the, the Democrats are like, nah, it needs to be more towards the citizens. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too much into the political weeds just because I'm not as educated as I like to be. Uh, and I don't want to misspeak. I think that's one of the biggest things that we tend to do. We just take education. I mean, we take information we hear and just kind of verbal vomit it back. Um, Read the article before you post it. Yeah, of course. No, no, absolutely. That's that's a very responsible thing to do. You know, you read you read up on some shit. You know, what I'm saying before you decide to share it because mm-hmm. there's lots of fake news sites. Like people are still reposting shit from the Onion. Yeah, really well publicized uh, satirical. You know, mm-hmm. uh, website. So it's like. You know, we have to be educated on what it is that we put out there, especially because some people are solely dependent on the information. You know, mm-hmm. some people don't Google. They just look at Facebook yeah. or they just look at Twitter, you know, and things like that. Um, but, you know, pay attention to to what's going on. Like I said, you know, just do a quick Google search or something. Uh, these these things are going to be pivotal for all of us to to know, to, um, you know, we're going to have to know it like the back of our hands, mm-hmm. realistically. Uh, I mean, you know, it's scary times right now. Hopefully we can get over this whole thing, you know, within five to six months. Uh, like I said, you know, those of us who are blessed to be able to work from home, like I don't take that for granted. I, and I hate my job, <laughs> but you know, I'm showing up and I'm giving my, you know, give them all just because I'm blessed to be in a position to still collect a check. Yeah, you know, while others can't. So, um, like I said, let's help each other out. You know what I mean, as much as we possibly can, support each other, lift each other up, um, listen to each other's music, stream each other's music. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, listen to each other's podcasts, watch each other's YouTube channels. You know, yeah. I mean, whatever it's gonna take. You know, what I'm saying to. Hold somebody up, you know, share a laugh. Also, call people. <laughs> like, I know. Check on your people. Yeah, there's a bus. Everybody's who had these jobs and stuff who are leaving every day and having these routines. Now you have ultimate time to call your mom, your aunts, your sisters. I'm speaking to myself, mm-hmm. as with everybody. You call your friends. I have a friend that, since he's been laid off, Mm-hmm. Called me and been like, man, what's up? I got a bunch of friends that just called me, like, what are you doing? And we go do something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Felt like a school dance and shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, take the time to check on people. You know, mm-hmm. like at this point in time, a lot of people are stressed out because they don't know where their next check is coming from. You know, I mean, if it's, I'm not recommending to go to the house and go kick it and chill and all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But jump on the phone, jump on FaceTime. Um, what's the new little app? Not the new app they got, but there's an app out there. It's called. Um, What's that? House party. What's that? <laughs> House party app just allows people to just, you know, FaceTime groups and, and yeah. shit like that. You know what I mean? Check on your people, man. You know what I mean? Just take an opportunity. I know I've seen some people with book clubs. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, like virtual book clubs and things like that. I think right now iTunes uh, or iBooks is actually giving away a free book. Yeah. You know, if you can't find something. Uh, there's all type of deals on, you know, the Kindle app and things like that. Find ways to, you know, occupy yourself or get something. That I know it's boring. I know we're all sitting up, you know, yeah. I know we're all making cracking jokes and shit about uh being quarantined, you know what I mean? But it's for it's really for the good of the people, it's good for the good of everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, just to not be spreading a, a disease around. Um and just even if you feel like it's um, you know, government propaganda, whatever it is, you're not doing any harm by not going out and kicking it and mm-hmm. being in large groups and shit like that. You yeah. Know? Uh like I said, if you are an entertainer, if you you know, you do have something uh, creative to contribute, you know what I'm saying? Just put your work out there. You never mm-hmm. know who's going to see it because at the end of this thing, you could pick up a contract. 
I done yeah. got a couple different contracts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So far, I done picked up a couple, sent out a couple invoices. Yeah, you know what I'm saying for photography or whatever. So like, you know, you never really know. So yeah. now's your time to do something. Don't just sit on your hands. Yeah, your hobbies. There's so much stuff out there. You have time to do it, right? Yeah, I can't believe I'm in here preaching to people. Amen. <laughs> I mean, um, it's not even preaching. It's just common sense. It's <clears> like. Even if you're to go to some books or something, like Art of War, man, in times of war, plan for peace. In times of peace, plan for war, man. Yep. You got all this quiet time right now, plan for, like, what's next? Hey, look, man, at least right now, only 3% of us are going to die from this shit, man. Right. So, I mean, you know, I mean, man, out of, you know, 10 people, man, 10 of your people, three of them might not make it, unfortunately. But, man, fuck, seven are. So what are you going to do, <laughs> especially if you're one of the seven? Now, if you're one of the three, then, you know, I mean, you ain't got to be planted out there. Maybe a funeral. Yeah. But if you're another seven, man, life's going to go on. Yeah. So it's like, man, what are you going to do? You yeah. know what I'm saying? What's what's happening, man? How are you? What are your steps? To be honest. And right now, I will say this, um, uh, Reese. I know a lot of creative people listen to your show. Now is the time. We've seen so much innovation in one week, just around the use of the internet and communication and entertainment and logistics and everything else. Now's the time. Is you need to sit there and be like, man, what's this gonna look like when it's over with? How right. has society right. changed? How can I, I start planning now to maximize that? You know what right. I'm saying? But if you just sitting there fucking Netflix and binging and shit and complaining, man, you're wasting time. Yeah. I um I took the opportunity to start a Twitch channel. I was like, I was talking to my boy, I was talking to my guy Will Jordan. He was like, Bro, in a time like this, you know what I'm saying? Castle cats will pay to watch you play video games and have a conversation with you. I was yeah. like yeah, bro. I just started. To, I started to go to GameStop this morning, but it was uh, they just shut down all the GameStops. So I was gonna buy a microphone and shit. I was gonna get shit popping. <laughs> but um, but you know, what I mean, find ways to innovate. Like I was saying, you know, we've seen so much creativity around the internet in just this past two weeks. You yeah. know, um, you know, so just find something to do. And again, like one thing I really want to stress: spend time with your kids, man. Spend time with your kids. Spend time with your loved ones. You know, especially when you have the opportunity. You know, play some games in, inside. You know, play some board games. Play some card games. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do something, man. Um, okay, I don't have anything else. Oh, you got anything else? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, what I got to say, I mean, not that I'm trying to give advice or anything to your listeners, but, man, you know, you use this time wisely. People are always like, and also, man, think big. Uh, fortunately for me, like, I, I went to school, I got a degree in geology. So in geology, it's long timelines. You know what I'm saying? Hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years, tens of millions of years. So you look at a long time. So people are already like, man, the world's never going to be the same again. Well, shit, guess what? Our grandparents said the same thing right after World War II. And the world wasn't the same. You see what I'm saying? But right. the world went on. Same thing after World War One. Same thing after the Civil War. Same thing after the, the, you know, the end of slavery. You know, same thing when these punk motherfuckers arrived 400 years ago with the, you know, the, the boats in West <laughs> Africa. Right. It's like the world. But the whole point is that life goes on. Right. There will be changes. Some things in life won't be the same again. You right. know? I mean, they went through the Cold War for what, almost 50 years. You yeah. see what I'm saying? After World War II, the world wasn't the same. But the world <clears> did go on. So before you go deep into some some pity party and this and that and saying whatever, man, realize, man, the sun's still going to rise tomorrow. Hopefully your ass will still be here with us and be thinking about, man, yeah, the world won't be the same, but how can we work together to make it better and beneficial for our people? Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. You got anything, E? Tip your bartenders. Okay. Tip your servers. Yep. Servers, bartenders, give great customer service. While you have this time, make sure you educate yourself. 
take the time to build up on your dreams and um, relax, man. A lot of us are not even like we're doing a lot of exercise and I'm seeing people doing push ups and shit. Yep, a lot of push up challenges. Yeah, but I'm not seeing anybody actually take the time to like relax. A lot of us have stress yeah. on us versus Absolutely. like being unhealthy. Mm-hmm. We should just, you know, take that time. You love your kids. Have fun with your kids. Play some Uno or something, right? Yeah. You know, go take a bath with a bath bomb or whatever you want to do that makes you relax. Mm-hmm. But when this comes up, feel good. Whatever you do, make sure it's a goal to feel good when this is done. Right. That's a that's a big thing. Man, I seen a D Black post about having a PTSD. Which D Black? Um, bag or bag, uh, yeah. yeah, Demetrius Tinsley, and yeah. I, it was just it was dope. He was like, "Yeah, I don't feel suicidal, but man, I I do feel like man, what can I do to, to like deal with this? How I feel? Yeah, and that's a that's a very important thing as well. So I mean, you know, take an opportunity, you know, for your mental health, take some mental health breaks, like you said. You know, we're doing a lot of working mm-hmm. out and you know causing physical stress. You know what I mean? But take a time to detox away from yeah. all that. Like I said, I'm taking a break from alcohol. I mean, I'm drinking this Corona, but you know, I'm not <laughs> drinking hard alcohol. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Uh, and really haven't been over the past couple of weeks. I just, it's one of those things I just kind of feel like, you know, I don't need to do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of find a way to de-stress because all that does is add to stress, you know. It's a great choice. Yeah. And you've been sober for how many days now? 682. Congratulations, man. Man, that's what's up, man. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us want to be locked in a house with bottles and, and blunts and all that. And, <laughs> yeah. I do know. smoke still. Um, and, and I don't thinking things wrong with that but i think yeah. you know anything that you do that adds to your stress and doesn't really take away from it you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's something that we can get rid of in our lives yeah uh, I, I do want to start like a creative writing challenge or you know saying something like that something to get like you know like your brain moving that's you know not I mean? that's more than hip-hop because a lot of people put up these rap challenges which mm-hmm. i'm surprised i haven't seen one yet Mafi yeah, D, actually, Mafi D, <laughs> <laughs> Mafi D, where you at, man? Mafi cam i would love to see cam uh he did some type of rap challenge yeah. him uh Ralphie, yeah, Ralphie, uh, Nacho, where are you at? Come do. They get ready to drop album. Yeah, I heard. They get ready to drop album. Yeah, man, the uh, the Cyanide Syndicate. So uh, it's him. It's um, Keyboard Kid. Uh, I think uh, Sango got some production on there. It's um, Key Nayata. Yeah, mm. uh, those guys, those four, get ready oh, to yeah. drop this project. So I can't wait. And I know that Nacho's moving to LA, which has to be stressful. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they're on lockdown, right? Yeah, well, I mean, just the fact that dealing with all this and having, you know what I'm saying, and moving mm-hmm. and all that, just got to be stressful. Shout out to them. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I just want to start, like, a creative writing challenge, you know what I'm saying, or, like, a photography challenge or, yeah. you know, something just to get, you know, creative juices flowing and keep people, you know, occupied and not bored. Yeah. Hey, man, dealing with this uh, this teen, man, this quarantine. Dealing, <laughs> dealing with the Roni, man. Meet um, your neighbors. I'm not talking to my neighbors, man. They suck. These niggas be knocking over trash cans and shit. Like, fuck out of here. All right, man. Uh, this has been episode 67 of The Reshow. E, I appreciate you. O, as always, I appreciate you, brother, man. Uh, Sam, thank you for helping out with this. I know it's, what is it, almost 10 o'clock at night? Um, anybody who's tuned into the live stream, thank you so much. Uh, anybody who listens, has listened, been patient with us, any shit like that, uh, much appreciated again, you know, in this time, man. Just make sure you got, we're lifting each other up, holding each other accountable, you know what I mean, for um, – you know, just helping others and uh, be appreciative of the time that we have. We can spend with one another uh, until next week. Peace. Yeah.